We're on the road. Where transportation goes, community grows. Welcome to On the Road with the MTA. And welcome to the first edition of 2023 <laughs> On the Road with the MTA. I'm Jay Gibbons alongside with Stephanie K. How's Stephanie? I am well. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, it's a new year, new changes, new yeah. positive changes to make. Yep. And I found some things that we might want to change in our houses to actually possibly save lives. Uh, that's always a good idea. It is a very good idea. I um, was at the Genesee Valley Rotary. And when I go on that to those meetings, a lot of times they have guest speakers. And mm-hmm. I learned so much from some of these speakers. We had some a gentleman that came in who was actually repeat offender on our show because he's been a guest <laughs> before he is the um, chief of the charter township of monday fire department his name is um, ed blight and he was sharing with us some of the tips you can have to keep from having a fire in your home and it was very interesting mm-hmm. but he was on before about a 75th anniversary they had right here in monday township with the fire department which is cool oh, that's very cool yeah and he talked about putting fire alarms in your home and how most fires are started so he's here with us today to tell us how we can keep those fires from happening and welcome ed blight thank you for being with us chief thank you i'm happy to be here Thank you for being here. We were so very impressed with all the statistics that you shared with us at the luncheon. And I really wanted to have everybody else here hear about that because I told Jay, you did say that most um, fires are caused from men. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it just happens to be that way. So, can you share some of the statistics that you have found about house fires? Because it's important. Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. So, some of the statistics that I gave you, then let's just. Uh, cut this short a little bit. Let's just looking at the last three years. We made, in 2020, we made over 964 home visits. Uh, we contacted um, 2,140 uh, occupants. Uh, we installed over 3,600 3, alarms. Uh, and it was an, on an average between three and four alarms per home. We also put in over uh, 470 CO alarms, carbon monoxide alarms. And then we recognize also that we were seeing folks that have special needs and those call for some special alarms. They may be challenged by seeing, by hearing, uh, they may be disabled, they may be in a wheelchair. Um, so uh, partnering, which was another part of our process was looking for partners, you know, Red Cross, um, the, the Michigan Fire Inspector Society, uh, and, and a number of other CO alarm groups that partnered with us that assisted us in getting alarms, uh, how to install them, uh, some proper education that could go to the residents. In 21, we were up to uh, visit 1,300 alarms. We contacted 3,000 occupants. We installed that year over 4,000 alarms. Um, Same on average per house, uh, over 800 COs and up to 36 uh, special need folks that we were able to contact. Now, is this just from Monday Township? You said it's called My Prevention. No, no, no. Is that- this, this is across the state. Good. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Across the state. Wow. All right. And is there so a charge for that when you go in to put an alarm? I know some people don't put the alarms in the right places. You know, they might not put it up high enough where the smoke is going to detect it. So do you place right. that so for them we as well? provide them with education also. When we go in, and as I mentioned, you know, just the, the giveaway programs or a lot of times people will get the alarm and it'll – we'll end up sitting on top of the refrigerator mm-hmm. and you know it's not installed properly. 
uh, we touched on the fact that the 10 alarm or the 10 year alarm uh, saves you from that having to change batteries twice a year. Um, so cost wise, uh, you're you're better off uh, if you have to buy one. And and you know most of your fire departments now uh, we're placing all these alarms for free. Wow. Uh, you know they're they're you know on the average. Uh, for one of those alarms, uh, around twenty dollars for mm-hmm. for the lithium battery, ten year battery type, uh, twenty dollars plus. Where uh, you're going to get three or four of them, and we'll go up to places six per house. Uh, so it's a pretty good, pretty good uh, chunk of cash that it just for the cost of the alarm plus sure. the time for the firefighters to go into your house and spend some time with you. Uh, asking you and providing you with that uh, escape information, creating an escape plan. Uh, you know, if that person happens to be disabled, you know, how are the are they disabled? Uh, you know, we have some. Uh, it's called a bed shaker alarm oh. for hearing impaired. Yeah. Uh, we have a strobe light alarm uh, if you're seeing. Uh, we have something called a nest that'll actually give you an alert on your phone. Um, And then still some of the basics, even though these alarms are good for 10 years, you still need to push that button, you know, still need to make sure that it works. And some of the statistics, uh, which was another thing that the the fire inspectors society has been able to provide us with are those current on time, real time statistics. We can now, as in I mentioned to you uh, at the Rotary uh, meeting that we had uh, in 22, we had 131 fire deaths in the state of Michigan in 112 fires, which was actually uh, an increase of 13% over last year's. I wonder why. Uh, any any idea now, why? Do you have we any? can now identify the area of origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the living room is number one, oh. uh, bedroom number two, and and last number three is kitchens. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah. We can see the cause. Fifty percent of those fires are caused by careless smoking. Mm. Uh, number two is electrical, and number three comes in with heating issues. Deadliest time of day, uh, number one is that 12-hour block from 6 p.m until 6 a.m., 62% of the fires that we had are fall in those hours. Really? And the deadliest time of the week, uh, the Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, huh. are, that's when most of these fires are occurring. And our victims, 63% of them are male, 37% wow. female, 27% have some type of disability, Ten percent are on oxygen, and fifty-seven percent are between the ages of forty and seventy-nine years old. You know how many of you folks out there sleep with your bedroom door open? I do. Well, you should be closing at night. Mm-hmm. That's going to stop that smoke, which is the, the the deadliest product of fire. It's not the fire so much. We don't find. Uh, people are necessarily burned, but they're actually overcome by the deadly toxins that are in the smoke 
before they can make their way out. You so did mention that. There's plastic and there's things, electrical to, stuff. You know, have that plan. Test your plan. Make sure that it works. You know, if your plan says, well, I'm going to pick up my husband and carry him. Well, can you do that? You know, I mean, it sounds good, but you need to test it. You need to find out if you have somebody disabled, if you have pets, you know, train everybody, train them during the day, train them at night. If you have children to have sleepovers, if you have guests for the holidays, make sure that they know what your plan is. It doesn't sound much and it doesn't sound uh, a very interesting topic of conversation, but if fire happens and fire happens very quickly, you need to know how to get out quickly. You need to know where to meet. Um, you need to know how to contact 911, your emergency call center, to get the, the fire department responding to you. Um, even if you have to make that call if you're somebody that's disabled, you know, have that, uh, know what you're going to say when you call. Tell 911 where I'm at, where you're located in the house if you're protecting in place, if you're, you know, some way you're, you're trapped and you can't get out, go into a, a, a safe room and, and making sure the door's closed and smoke can't get to you uh, if you can't escape out a window. We'd like you to have two ways out of every building, of every room, you know, whether that's a door or whether it's a window. And it's fine. You say, well, I live on a second floor. Well, then we talk about having a fire escape ladder. And if that's in your plan, then you need to make sure that people can escape it, that they're comfortable putting that ladder in a window and climbing down it. So, you know, make sure again, that whatever plan you have works, test it daytime and night. Smoke is like uh, seeing a black cat at midnight. You know, you can't see anything. It's blinding, choking. Uh, so you want to escape as quickly as you can out the closest exit um, to protect yourself. Have everybody go to a meeting place. Identify that. Talk to your neighbors. So can, you know, can we go to a neighbor's house and have them call 911 because we don't want you going back into the house if your cell phone got left in there. You know, so a lot of this and what we're talking about is really is common sense, you know, that you have to make sure that your plan works, that you have a plan, that the plan is shared with everybody that's practiced all times of the days and the evenings and providing that information. You know, another thing that we are trying to do as fire departments across the state of Michigan to address this is providing that education. And, you know, going into the grade schools, going out to the communities and your businesses and doing inspections and providing them with fire education, uh, Facebook posting and websites, you know, and, and we have one here in Monday Township. And I'd encourage you to like us. <laughs> uh, we have almost daily we're posting some type of message out there that's giving you some type of tip on how to be fire safe in your community, how to escape and how to survive a structure fire. 
I did mention too, um, I thought it was very helpful when I learned about this, is to keep your car keys right by your bedstand because on the car keys, usually most people have a little red button that's a panic button. Mm -hmm. And so if you're smelling smoke, push that panic button because that alarm's going to go off and alert some of the neighbors. They're going to think, what's going on in Jay's house over there? Yep. there and they're going to be more aware of it. So they might not yeah. see the fly flames yet, but you know what's happening. Yep. And that way, like he's yep. like Ed said, if you're on the roof, you're trying to say, hey, I'm up here. They can, they'll be looking for you and yep. see you and call a 911. Yeah, also, that, I was going to ask Those are the things that we need to get out there. Mm -hmm. You know, just talking to your neighbors. Yeah, if you hear my car alarm going off, yep. stick your head out of the door and find out what's going on. Mm, I'm right. in trouble. Now, what we'll about, do the same for you. Right. What about those little cans? I've seen them. I bought some, actually. They're like fire extinguishers, not the big extinguishers you might see in a, a business, but they're like little cans of extinguishers yeah. for fires. Would you recommend like having to, those? We like to think of fire extinguishers as being for a witnessed fire, a very small sure. witnessed fire. They only, the, the fire extinguishers that you're going to purchase at Home Depot uh, they're an ABC type extinguisher. They're good for basic, uh, you know, you're not going to want to, they're a dry chemical fire extinguisher. And so they're safe to use on electrical fires. They're safe to use on ordinary combustibles. Uh, and, but there are certain conditions where if you were in a, a computer room, you're probably not going to want to use a dry chemical extinguisher in there. But again, it, it, you're not the fire department, uh, and, <laughs> right. you know, knowing where it's at, the proper way to use it. Uh, and there gives you some instructions or some pictographs on the front of it that gives you some instructions on how you should operate it. Uh, you know, pull a pin and aim and squeeze at the base of the fire. Uh, and it doesn't take very long to empty a fire extinguisher. Sure. Uh, and, you know, others that are able to make their escape and, you know, don't have them waiting around, you know, they need to get out uh, if you're operating the extinguisher. And as soon as that few seconds is over, uh, then you get out also. And they you expire, know, don't they? Don't they like run out? Because I know I had one that looked like it was almost empty. And I thought, you better check those things from time to time. It does, it, they last for seconds. They, they are very small, as we said, for small witnessed fires if sure. you can get that extinguisher quickly um if you have a, a you know a fire that starts in a waste paper basket or uh then you know that's what you would do but once again you're not going to stick around uh you know smoke but even just from the dust from uh that comes out of a dry chemical extinguisher um are somewhat overwhelming it's it's a cloud of dust and so we don't want you, you know, we don't want you inhaling that smoke from extinguishing the fire, or we don't want you inhaling uh, the dry chemical from the extinguisher. Sure. You know, you need to squirt it and get out and stay out. Good advice. Very good advice. Thank you. Yeah, the one I was talking about, I had a fire extinguisher for probably five years or 10 years, and it looks like a gauge on there, yep, instead of being full, it's looking like it's almost empty. So I guess you can refill those fire extinguishers, or you should at least check them from time to time. But you're right. If there's a yeah. fire, get out. That's the number one thing, I'm sure. Yeah, there are some that are refillable, um, you know, and, and again, it's, it's making sure that you have some contact with uh, that facility that can refill it for you. Uh, you know, businesses can actually contract with a uh, certified agency that will come and inspect them, uh, refill them, and make sure that they're, they're going to work for you. And a lot of times, even if you have one, a personal one, inspecting that, 
you know, look and make sure that the end of it, uh, a little buzzy bee hasn't gotten up there and tried to build a nest in the, in mm-hmm. the end of the hose. Uh, you, that dry chemical uh, shaking it up and down, just turning it back and forth, and you can feel the weight of that extinguishing agent in there kind of move from one end to the other so it's still pliable. And it has a gauge on the front of it, and if it's in the green, uh, it's still good to go. Yep. Uh, if it's in the red, then then you've got an issue with it, and it's not going to work right. uh, as it's properly intended. Well, like you said, to check your check, you know, just you can check the fire alarms by pushing the button to make sure it is going to go off. Like you said, a chirp Absolutely. is different than what a beep is. You know, the alarm going off means there's a fire. The chirp means that the battery is going low, and to check those batteries as often as you can. That's well, it. Well, I thank you so much, Ed. I know you've given, it's like you said, it's a topic you don't really want to talk about. You think, ah, it's not going to happen to me. I don't have to worry about it. But there is definitely a need for a plan, especially if I have my grandkids over. I'd want them to know how would you get out if anything were to happen. Not to freak them out, but just to let them know safety-wise and to save a life because it definitely is worth talking about. And like you said, practice it in the middle of the night because if your house is on fire, that black smoke is hard to see through. And if you're practicing during the day, you might think, well, how do I get to that door? I can't see it in the nighttime. So. All very helpful stuff, Mr. Blight. We so appreciate you taking the time to share your information with us. Happy to do so. Thank you. Well, thank you. So here's to a safe new year is what we're hoping. And yep. yes, thank you for taking your time. And is this one last thing? This is my prevention. Can anybody call it for anywhere like a Flint Township or Burton or Mundy Township? Yes. Can they yes. call that? Do they have questions about fire education or having alarms installed? Uh, contact your local fire department. Okay. okay, and they usually do give you free fire alarms or probably not the CO, carbon That's monoxide. Right. But okay. the, the state of Michigan uh, has uh, offered over uh, $1 million for the purchase of fire alarms uh, in throughout the state this year in 2023. And we've already purchased those. They're coming in now uh, so that they're available for fire departments out there that have a need. Uh, they identified an area where they want to do some community risk reduction and they can contact uh, my prevention and they'll we'll make sure that uh, those fire alarms are distributed to them. Awesome. Well, I hear the operator in the background. Is there not, there's not a fire going on. Is there, I hear not an operator busy uh, in the well, background. Somewhere in the county, there's something <laughs> going on. It wasn't us this time. Oh, good. Well, being the chief, I know you're a busy man, so we're going to let you go. I'm going to thank you once again for your invaluable information, and hopefully you may have saved a life. Who knows? Yep. We appreciate you taking the time right. for us. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to On the Road with the MTA and Jay and Stephanie Kay. We do it every week. We'd love to have you as a guest and have you just listen every week to hopefully help you along the way. You've been listening to On the Road with the MTA. For more information on our services and community outreach, visit us online anytime at www.mtaflint.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The MTA, your community, your connection, your way.